Welcome to Nightmares and Grief, a place to explore and celebrate the darkness. Each episode, I'll read stories written by me, Derek Heisey. So settle in, check under the bed, and pour a drink for the skeletons in your closet. It's time to start. Let them fail. Seven hours until the asteroid makes impact. Forty-five minutes until the missile system needs activation. Seven years. I worked on that thing for seven years with Charlotte by my side. Now, I don't know if I can turn the key and push the button. I knew the engineering and she knew the physics, and when we weren't drawing up schematics or perfecting a feature, we were down in the pit with the welders and mechanics, putting elbow grease on the sprockets and bolts. The boys upstairs didn't like it, but I didn't like them, and they needed us more. So it evened itself out. Nothing like the end of the world to get a good old boy to put his ego aside. Humanity had already overcome so much. We'd subdued catastrophic climate events, averted World War III more than once, solved the problems of overpopulation and energy consumption. We'd done too much to let some space boulder knock us out. That was the kind of reason why folks like Charlotte and I got involved in Project Breadwinner to begin with. We spent a lot of time together. We had to. She would calculate what the system needed to do, and I would design models to fit. We'd simulate the models in a program and spend hours tweaking what we could. See, the missile system was tricky. It had to deliver a payload that could obliterate an asteroid the size of New Mexico and deploy subsequent missiles to obliterate the resulting debris. It was no easy feat. Charlotte was a genius, though. It wasn't hard for her, or if it was, she never let on about it. She took the project on like it was a puzzle. See, I remember getting my first game console when I was 16, and I was oblivious to the hours slipping away like water in a creek, and I, I think it was like that for Charlotte. While everyone else was fretting about the existential crisis of annihilation, it didn't even cross her mind. The astronomers, in a rare moment of poetic melancholy, named the asteroid Mictlan after the Aztec hell. I think they knew it wasn't simply an object, but a persistent trial, a state of being. In the last few years of the project, it dominated every conversation. John from Supplies would talk about the grilled cheese sandwiches he made for his kids that weekend, and his voice was fringed with grief, like he knew it was the last time he'd ever make them. Until the UN Bandit, folks on the project took more and more time off to spend with their families and the photos they shared on social media came attached with captions as bittersweet as dark chocolate. 
15 minutes before impact. All around me, men and women scurry like ants, imbued, perhaps for the first time in their life, the clarity of purpose. My throat is parched, so I sip from Charlotte's old water bottle. While everyone else in the world turned gray, she had been invigorated with new life. Whenever she drank water from that bottle, she did it slowly. Eyes closed, a small smile curled along the edges of her lips. Maybe she was the only one who ever knew how it tasted. No matter how simple or frustrating, whenever we cracked a problem in the model, she'd celebrate with the same enthusiasm she had the first time. She jumped to her feet and danced, her chair spinning wildly as it rocketed backwards like it, it wanted to join her. You know, she, she told me once that she wasn't afraid of the asteroid. She'd survived breast cancer a decade ago and had met an old woman in chemo named Mary. Mary told Charlotte that the great secret hid in plain sight. Death, she said, is the meaning of life. The one constant after we're born is our inevitable demise. It's all we're really meant to do. There is no shame in failing at greater and greater things. Two years ago, we moved in together. The day I planned to propose, Charlotte revealed that the cancer had returned. We ordered Thai food from her favorite place, eating straight from the takeout boxes as we did her most favorite thing in the world. Solve problems with the missile system. I'd hidden the ring under the couch and pretended like I dropped something. As I got on one knee, hand under the sofa... Charlotte let the words tumble out. She'd been secretly seeing a doctor for headaches. Ever since the mastectomy, she'd grown remarkably cautious. Complacency, she said, is one of the many small deaths we experience in our lifetimes, and, and persistent headaches were a possible symptom, and when she insisted on an MRI, they found it in her brain. It was very aggressive, and she only had a month. Even with IVs and oxygen tubes, her face pale like a skull, she insisted that I bring my laptop so we could run models together. She didn't have the strength to stand, but her face lit up whenever we solved a new problem, her eyes dancing with light. But of all the great things humanity has accomplished, all the massive obstacles we've overcome, the smartest minds in the world couldn't save a single person. A week after her funeral, Project Breadwinner suffered its first attack. Some death cult with RPGs and assault rifles. The entire facility bunkered down under our desks and waited for the explosions to stop. 
Chris from engineering and Tracy from assembly clutched each other and prayed until the PA announced the evacuation order. Then they pushed each other out of the way as they scrambled to be the first out the door. Chris tripped, cracking his skull against the corner of my desk, and I watched as blood pooled around his ear and light faded from his eyes. As I look up through the great window above the control room, I see Miklan visible in the blue sky, the sun's beams reflecting off of it in a pale white. For a moment, Peridolia turns it into a tiny skull. There's less than a minute before the system needs activation. If I don't turn the key now, it'll be too late. Around me, voices swarm like furious hornets, buzzing with nothing worth paying attention to. And I make my decision. I pull the key out of the console, put it in my mouth, and swallow drinking slowly from Charlotte's bottle. Water's tepid, but it's refreshing. It's almost sweet. I close my eyes and let myself smile for the first time in a year. Let them fail. Thank you for sharing my nightmares and helping me carry the grief. If you enjoyed the story, please consider giving it a rating. It goes a long way to help other people find the show. Share your favorite nightmare with a friend or family member, and let me know what you think in the comments. Thanks again for sharing this time with me. Good night.